On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, it's a trade deadline special. We wait two days to bring you the latest news where the Pelicans did almost nothing at the trade deadline. We've got the Saints signing a fullback, and we've got Polk news, overrated, underrated, shrimp and cinnamon toast crunch, and people in Florida, everything's going insane. You're not going to want to miss this. Stick around. Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush Trade Deadline Edition. We're two days late, we know, I got your texts and your emails and your tweets, but we are happy to have you right here at the Bud Light Lime Studio. I am Scott Kushner alongside my co-host and friend, Mr. Andrew Polk. T-G-I-F. <laughs> we, did, we did make it. We're not and, late. I know. Everyone was like, did you cancel the show? I was like, no, our show's doing great. Yeah, the show's canceled forever. <laughs> we wouldn't be canceling the show, first off. Yeah, that's exactly. Have the authorities canceled the show? No, they haven't. We're back. We wanted more Pelicans news, so we waited. We waited. Yes. So much has happened. I was in the vicinity of Chris Kattan. <laughs> I got vaccinated. My parents came to town. I said, what restaurant do you want to go to? We went to P.F. Chang's. <laughs> the world is my oyster. <laughs> this is 100% true. Is there not a P.F. Chang's in Ruston? No. Are is, you kidding is me? Is there one in Monroe? No. I think the closest P.F. Chang's they've got is maybe Dallas. <laughs> That's a long way to go to P.F. Chang's. Closer than here. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so how was the P.F. Chang's? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Was it good? I don't want to talk was about it. Was it good? It. We picked Dude, it up Dude, my, parent, my parents are mediocre. 66. They can't, they can't hear me. Yeah. Do you think they can hear a masked man <laughs> in a dark restaurant with like booming techno playing in the background? They agreed to everything. We had a $1,000 bill. My parents got soup. It was horrific. We got the best sake that Paul Fleming could offer. It was... It was a nightmare. Uh, P.F. Chang's, I don't want you to be a sponsor of the show anymore. We're dumping you. <laughs> You're done. We're going to stick with the sponsors we got. Sorry, P.F. Chang's. Bud Light Line will continue on its flagship uh, until they cancel us as well. I had to get the vaccine. That's why I got the vaccine. After I left P.F. Chang's, I was so distraught. Yeah, and I'm going to need another dose. <laughs> no, I got the first D. How'd that feel? I didn't even notice it. Not, you know, I yeah. know I'm a big tough guy, but I didn't even notice getting the shot. It was the easiest thing I've ever done in New Orleans. Yeah. Without question. <laughs> Did you go to Zephyr Field? No, I went to the convention center. Okay. I heard that was also very simple. Big open parking lot. Yeah. I, I was jabbed within a minute of being in there, honestly. I should have done that. I went to a drive through one on the West Bank and getting to the West Bank took a while. And then it was like a little unorganized. Like there was one person and two lanes of cars, whatever it was. I'm like complaining. It's like this life-saving whatever thing. Uh, it took me 15 minutes. Uh, but, by the time I got to the you line. know, you got like the the 18 wheeler in front of you just blowing exhaust. Well, <laughs> I was literally yeah. my level of judgmental uh, mentality was like through the roof because I'm just looking at all the cars in front of me, like through their side view mirrors. I'm like, 
Oh, old guy. This is going to take forever. They got to hand him the papers. Oh, yeah. He's going to sign the papers. I already done the paperwork. I got the phone. Just let me boop, boop, and then I'm in. And instead, I got to wait for this son of a bitch, old him guy. and his old wife, Oof. to sign the papers and read through it. I was like, it's not going to kill you. The COVID's going to kill you. Get the shot as soon as you can. It could be like my grandparents, <laughs> when they were McDonald's, they'd pay for the food and drive off. I bet that's <laughs> happening all the time at the COVID drive through they're signing the paper, they're signing their life over to Google, and then they're just driving away. The poor woman at the front, she was like, well, no one was here 15 minutes ago. I told the other girl to take a break. She's like, and now I've got people, nobody has this on their phone. They're all these old people. Oh, like, no. She's but, like, so i got to wait for them to do all the papers. I was like, can I just drive around them? She's like, no. no. I was like, all right. You could, but. I know, I'm complaining. It's literally, like, it still was, you know, one-tenth of the amount of time to get a driver's license, which, you know, seems like it should be a lot easier than that. Anyway, uh, as we had this... Oh, before we forget, Chris Kattan, what happened? I didn't meet him. How is that even possible? You opened for him? Yeah. And then you said, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Kattan, and then you passed like ships in the night, and that was it? Well, there was a host to the show who came up and then introduced Chris Kattan, but Chris stayed in his hotel room until the very... It was a a club in the hotel. Okay. So he just stayed in his fucking room... You know, they like banged on the ceiling with a broom and they're like, get down here, Chris. <laughs> so no green room, no backstage, no green room, no handshake. I it didn't even make eye contact with him. Wow. And uh, Have you ever had that before? No. <laughs> and I've you've had a lot of opening. I've, yeah. I've uh, worked with some big, big names. Yeah. None of them <laughs> remained in there. You know, I get it's COVID and all that. Maybe no. Okay. Yeah, I was doing a show. (laughs) He was also taking photos with people for ten dollars a pic. Oh, that's sad. I was like, does that apply to me? (laughs) Can I get a discount? (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Uh, You know, happy to just happy to be there. Happy to be out of the house. Uh, Good crowd. Uh, Every show was sold out. Wow. People there were maniacs. Uh, Before I I did the ten o'clock show as well. And they have to stop serving alcohol at 11. Yeah. So before I, the, the show was running late. So before I went up, the host was like, all right, the bar is closing. All right. Here's Andrew Polk. <laughs> so Everyone's just, just rushing yeah. out. Yeah, it's like <laughs> spilling out of the highway like they just announced the uh, tornado was coming. Yeah, they're the like, time. hey, you know, the other reason you're here, that thing that'll make the show good. <laughs> uh, it's ending. It's ending the entire time this guy's on stage. You should have done your second set from on top of the bar. Yeah, so then, you know, up there, like, who was mad at the Game of Thrones ending? And everybody's, you know, fucking, I'll take 11 beers. Give me 11 beers. Take that trash can, (laughs) fill it with ice, put all the beers in it. It was a madhouse, but I had a lot of fun. Well, good. I need to see you do stand-up at some point. It's been a minute since I've seen you uh, actually do I think it's been a couple of years since I've seen you do stand-up. Well, so it's I'm mostly the same. You can, just do- <laughs> <laughs> you can just do it on here one day. It'll be great. You can just give away your whole act. Um, speaking of giving away the act, that has nothing to do with the segue. Speaking of a show fizzling like Chris Kattan. Speaking of the same thing over and over again. The Pelicans had a trade deadline. The rest of the NBA seemed to be a flurry of activity. The New Orleans Pelicans have decided to stand mostly in place. J.J. Redick and Nicola Melli are the only two players who were moved. They were brought, uh, they were in exchange to Dallas for James Johnson and Wessel Wundu. None of these names matter. They will not affect anything. Reddick, no. uh, you know, is okay. 
Everybody else stinks. And a second-round pick for next year, which also will not matter. Uh, but the the headline is that Lonzo Ball not moved. Lonzo Ball staying put. I don't th- even like. Yeah, there was like timers, like down to the second. Yeah, it was like Indiana Jones getting out of the tomb <laughs> with the ball chasing him. People were like, "Get Lonzo out of here." I, I think people more specifically were like, get Bledsoe out of here. Yeah. I think some people expected him maybe to go with JJ somewhere. Yeah. Fluttering of Steven. I didn't really think Steven Adams was going to go anywhere. Just resigned him. Yeah. Or, if, if you're not really paying attention to the Pelicans, I think you might throw Steven Adams yeah, name with Yeah, because he's not very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I, I, he's, he's, he's better than Bledsoe, of but course. he's not very good. You know, like these are all basically when your team is 11th place tied for 11th place in the West. Uh, things are not going great. You would think almost everybody's an expendable asset. So that's why I understood that. Bledsoe has been not just bad, he's been miserable. Uh, so moving him with whatever $20 million on his contract next year is challenging. I think they would have had to attach a pick to that. I don't think they were ready to do that yet. There's probably no point in doing that yet. You didn't need to make that move until probably the summer. Uh, Ball was the one that was the most notable trade candidate particularly because it seemed very clear that chicago was very interested in him it looked like he was going to go to the bulls the whole day really the whole week and then nothing happened and now we're sitting in a situation where the pelicans are looking pretty clearly at going into the summer and saying like all right they're going to pay lonzo ball and so you're going to have a core of brandon ingram lonzo ball and zion williamson and that I don't know if that works. Do you like, think this is a, a clear indicator that Lonzo Ball is going to be getting twenty million a year? He's going to be getting twenty million a year from someone. Like, and now if he were to leave, the Pelicans will have not gotten anything back for him. You would have traded. He's part of the Anthony Davis trade. You will have had this guy. You will finish the season. You'll have the opportunity to match, and then he's just going to walk away. I suppose you can do a sign and trade. There's some you know complicated you know, machinations that are required there. Uh, But for the most part, it's like if you're going to keep him, it means you're probably going to have to resign him for this to be a logical move to not do anything today. It's weird. I don't understand all the intricacies of it. Yeah, I don't. I'm, you know, I'm back on the fence, baby. I'm back on the fence on Lonzo. Yeah, because. It goes back to that golden Pulitzer Prize, Cush-written article, <laughs> how Lonzo goes, the team goes. Mm-hmm. And that's correct, and Lonzo's been better lately. Yeah. Really, since that article, you put a fire under his ass. <laughs> He's never read that no, paper. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He has never seen anything with my name on it. Um, how do you feel about Lonzo going forward as, as the, the trifecta, the third piece? That's what I'm saying. I think the question... The easiest, the easier question is: Is Lonzo good? And I think we both say Lonzo's good, right? Like he's a good player. He shoots thirty nine percent from three. He's a really good passer. He does some things really well. Like I think Lonzo is good in a vacuum. Like I think anybody would say he's probably better. That you can see the improvement from him pretty noticeably. He's a supremely talented player who uh, I think is insecure on the floor yeah doesn't quite know who he is is maybe very concentrated on being cool is maybe very terrified of being in his brother's <laughs> shadow yeah and a lot of his talent and stuff is getting lost along the way because of distractions like being in la 
being with LeBron, having an insane reality TV father. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he's he's getting settled in. It's hard to even say late because he's 23. 22. 22. Yeah. You know, but this is how good players are yeah. at, at right out of college or not even college at this point. This is how fucking good players are that we're berating a 23-year-old <laughs> for not being an all-star currently. Yeah. Or He's not even that close to being an all-star. Correct. Yeah. That's the issue is like his name carries an additional weight that and, and the fact that he was picked number two in the draft. Those things carry an additional burden that I don't think is really fair to him. The fact that his dad's a psychopath and everyone knows his name made things a little bit more right. difficult on him. Uh, but him being the number two pick in the draft would have made it challenging regardless. But the question really isn't whether or not he's good. Because I think we can both agree he's certainly talented and has the ability to be really good. It's whether or not the combination of Ingram, who you've already paid, no getting out of that one, Zion, who you are definitely going to be paying, or at least, you know, you are going to beg him to take your money. Uh, and Ball, if that combination is good enough to ever be the core of a really good team. And we're watching it right now. They're pretty much completely healthy for most of the season, and they're not very good. They're actually pretty bad. They're 11th place in the Western Conference. So it's like, how do you, how do you make that decision today to say we're going to stick with this guy at least for the next seven weeks risk the idea that he might leave for nothing it's just it feels like you've put a lot a lot of pressure on this offseason now yeah well at this point it's just going to be about who is put around these three people because i think the question isn't obviously there there's some mystery about the kind of player lonzo will be in two to three years whenever this will be a real team yeah the question now is who the fuck are you putting around these guys yeah but you still have to like who you put around them is going to be challenging no matter what, because you're going to have to do it on the margins. Like the guys like Bledsoe or Adams, like guys who are expendable from other teams, like you're not going to be able to get a great player in those spots. No, but now you've got shooters in the margin. Like everybody's so good at shooting, there are shooters in the margin. <laughs> you should probably go get a shooter like J.J. Redick or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a European guy. <laughs> European guy from Italy who, uh, you know, I, I, I recognize that it was complicated. I recognize that, especially if you're David Griffin, you don't want to take like a modest offer or an offer that you think is worse than the player who Lonzo is just to move off of him now. But like this offseason is now like insanely complicated. You have to do so many things right to get this thing correct going to next season. Because guess what? We haven't brought this up much. Next season, after next season, if you suck again, Zion Williamson, his rookie contract ends the year after. He's like up for his extension after next season. So you have to be good next year. Not great, but you got to be good. you got to be better than this. Yeah. Can you be better than this with these same guys? And that's the ultimate, like, we have no idea. But the fact that you're just banking on the fact that they're going to get better is really challenging. Like, that's a, a huge, difficult decision to make. And if not, you let Lonzo Ball walk for nothing. Yeah, and you're also saying that this team, can it get better when you have two players putting up 30 points a night and yeah. another player around a triple-double every night, and yeah. they're still in 11th place in the West. And this isn't the West of two years ago. No. After six, seven teams... The, the the margins are huge. Yeah. These are not cutthroat teams. 
these are no. these are very bad teams. And now with LeBron and AD, they were in like fucking sixth anyway. They're the West is wide open, and if the Pelicans don't capitalize, it's going to be curtains. Yeah. So you've got like the there's all of a sudden after today, I've started seeing like oh. There's like real urgency. Like, oh, that that last year and a half went by really quickly. Let's put it that way. Like, you went from total rebuild to Zion to now you're like thinking about what the after next season looks like. And I don't know. It, maybe we're going too fast. Maybe I'm panicking. Maybe it's whatever. It's fun to do that. I mean, but it's also just like today seemed like a natural pivot point to say, okay. Lonzo Ball, not a part of the future. You've made a trade for X, which opens up X possibilities entering the offseason. Instead, now it's like, well, you're probably going to end up with Lonzo unless you just let Lonzo walk away and you've got nothing in return and you hope to fill whatever cap space is left with an unrestricted free agent who's good. So the Pelicans still had to make the decision, is this the core or is this not the core? We still don't know the answer to that question. And that, to me is uh, a little frustrating, I guess. And it'd be one thing if they were good, and then you would like, even if they were just like 500 or slightly above 500, you'd be like, oh, this team is very much on the right path. Keep this together, continuity, uh, run it back. They'll get better. They're young. They're playing together. Like, that's not really what's occurring. Yeah, 500 would be hopeful for the future for a team with young players like this and, and players with the talent level and the very wide berth of talent on <laughs> yeah. this team. <laughs> There's a spectrum for sure, yes. Uh, you know, what What are they now? F- below 400? They're, what, 19 <laughs> and 25? Yeah. Something like Don't that? Don't make yeah. me do math. But <laughs> maybe we're being a little too critical of a team that's young, but... Maybe. You know, we're also being that critical because of what has been said about this team, specifically from Griff yeah. and from Stan about competitiveness, about level of play. We just it just hasn't matched up to what they've said. Well, they said they were going to be a totally different identity than what they are. Well, now they have a UFC fighter on the team. <laughs> it's true. Uh, James Johnson's nickname is Bloodsport. <laughs> Beat that. He took that from Chris Kamen. <laughs> Dude, well, I, you know, I saw people today like, dude, it's going to be a fatality out there with Zion oh, and Steven. It's like they're not physically fighting no. each other. In out fact, there. if you do anything that remotely <laughs> resembles fighting, they suspend you forever yeah. in the NBA. So physicality aside, I, I don't I mean, the, the two guys they got, I don't think make much of a difference. The fact that you couldn't get off Bledsoe is predictable, but frustrating because he has sucked. Uh, that was just a swing and a miss. Like, how much better would this team be right now if they just hadn't made the Drew Holiday trade, I guess is my question. Like, if they just hadn't made the Drew Holiday trade and then you let Drew Holiday walk in the offseason and you have the cap space of both those guys, like, you could really fundamentally shift the team or know what they are. Instead, you got Bledsoe, who's terrible, and then you got a bunch of picks from a lot. And it was a good trade on paper. Like, I thought it was a good trade, too. But I think this team would be better you'd have more flexibility entering the offseason, and you would kind of know what you are to a higher degree. And instead, I think now, in retrospect, you're like, man, Bledsoe's horrible, Adams isn't that good, and you've got a bunch of picks that are pretty much completely worthless. 
I think Adams is pretty good. Do you think he's good? I think he's. Uh, I think he's necessary for the team. He's got a skill that other guys don't have. Well, he's. You know, people want to talk about JJ being like a veteran leader and stuff. It's like I get that he's played a long time and people look up to him and he's definitely a leader. But is he a leader on the Pelicans? What I yeah. would like to hear, I would like to hear from the players, like what they think they need, because mm-hmm. you know it's just Zion doing his like sad dog, you know, head bobbing <laughs> side to side. Just well, you know, buh, buh, buh. I want somebody to go. You know what? We fucking suck. <laughs> we need get a Seth Curry. We'll take the other one. Get a Seth. We had J- we ruined JJ. We ruined JJ. Yeah, he he could literally just watch his career crumbling during this season. I mean, it is funny that Dallas tra- traded for two white guys. It's like, <laughs> all right, we get it, Mark. You could just they're hear gonna the- fucking light it up too. Oh, oh, they are yeah. gonna they are gonna with Luca oh, and KP. Yeah. It's gonna be God. the whitest team in the history of the NBA. Bob Cousy is going to come back and start playing for him. <laughs> They're going to play the Shark Tank theme as they get on the floor. <laughs> I'm J.J. Redick, and I'm here. Their, their alternative jerseys, when they're the all-white lineup, should be the Washington Generals. <laughs> the other team will be the Harlem Globetrotters. I can't think of a worse defensive team than Dodgers, Redick, and Melly all on the floor together. But they're going to be getting 140 they're a night. score a lot, yeah. I mean, the trade makes sense for dallas i mean i think the shooting is good and you know why not kick the tires and someone like reddick um who you know at moments this year showed he had a little bit left but i think it was i think it's and i do commend david griffin for trading reddick and actually getting something anything of value in return when all the talk entering the deadline was that they're just going to cut him and like let him sign with brooklyn so that he could be close to his family it's like you don't owe that guy that yeah you don't owe that guy anything well the polk and kush sources were saying yeah he's going up north yeah northeast. yeah that's what everybody was like they're gonna they're just gonna cut him loose and they're letting him go play near his family which he's gonna would be live nice. in north tech he's gonna live in addison yeah, or whatever northeast north texas north. that's <laughs> what they meant uh, <laughs> yeah and so good i'm glad the pelicans got something back for him like He's making thirteen and a half million dollars. I really don't feel that bad mm. for JJ. Yeah, like I, you know, if he really wants to not get paid, and if he really wants to uh, to be that close to his family, he can just quit. He can just Patreon the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> he can quit. It's fine. He owns his own podcasting company. I'm sure he makes a hundred x more money than we'll ever see. Why aren't we podcast. on that? I know that's a good point. Come on, Jay. So, in all, the Pelicans opt from a, a thirty thousand foot view. This team is basically saying we want to let it ride for the next seven weeks and then figure out what we're going to do. What's the best case scenario over these next seven weeks that they're really good and then you bring Lonzo back at 20-something million dollars and you feel like it's a done deal? Or is it better if they completely implode, you let Lonzo walk or get something in a sign-and-trade and then you know you can reshake the roster in the offseason. I think there, the worst thing is to continue exactly with it. I was going to say, is there like an in-between yeah. where they can implode and tank and get a good draft pick, but Lonzo you know, stays playing well and, and you know, gets seems hard to believe. 18, 19 million? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems hard to believe. Like, I don't know which of those two scenarios is the best long-term. I them. feel like the Pelicans don't know either, they so don't. I don't feel that bad about it. I know. It's a hard question. I mean, it, it truly, like... Yeah. I guess the certainty, you'd want to have the certainty of being good, and then you can at least roll with that 
as you enter the next year. But if they're really bad and you get a really good pick and you can do something with Lonzo, like then it makes it just the decisions are just so opaque right, right. now. Because you're like, oh, one night you're beating the Jazz and beating the Nuggets and beating all these good teams. And the next night you lose the Timberwolves, you lose the Pistons. It's like you don't know what the hell this team is. Something I would have thought would be in this conversation not even a year ago would be all of the draft picks. Yeah. There's a million of them. It's an afterthought. Like no one is even counting on those, nor should they. Yeah. Given the teams that they're from. It's just very frustrating to see those become so flimsy so quickly. Yeah, I feel like you're going to have to attach one to Bledsoe to get off of him, and then you're going to have to package a bunch of them to try to go get a player who complements those three guys or two guys, depending on if on, on what the core looks like next year. Uh, there is... I, I don't envy David Griffin right now, other than his salary. That would right. be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> other than that... I think he's in a really tough spot now in some ways he put himself in this tough spot, but I don't think he's really bungled it as much as they have been so enigmatic in the way they play that it's really hard to get a read on them. And that's with them being completely healthy. Like all those other Pelicans teams that we always were like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, this is insane. Who are they? They were hit hurt like crazy. And you could always be like, well, they might be good. We actually have no idea. This team's completely healthy. And we're still like, oh, they might be good. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Maybe Pelicans fans are just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm the stupid yeah, one. Yeah, maybe we're the stupid ones. Maybe we should be like, okay, just look at the record. They're not good. Break it up. Yeah, look at the numbers. But then those numbers, goons, are always like, yeah, but Lonzo's a better shooter than Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, I don't trust the numbers anymore. Oh, yeah, you look at net rating, like a net rating, they're like the twelfth best team in the NBA for the last, you know, couple months. But then you look at the record and you're like, Oh, you're tied with the Thunder who are actively tanking. It's like, which one of these is real and how like it's just like there's no way to make a decision with any level of confidence. So you just have to sort of go off your gut if you're Griff and the Pelicans, and that means you're almost assured to get slammed by people like me right because you're gonna like you just don't have enough information at your disposal yeah and the information you have is so conflicting that you have to pick a side of it and the information we have is win losses and we're some of the few people watching these games and we talk about what we see <laughs> yeah, true i mean it's really as simple as that i've seen these games i've seen the Look of contempt in players' eyes. I've seen players chewing bubble gum, staring off into space. And then I've seen, you know, the fire and passion of them demolishing some of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah. I don't get the kids. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't. How on earth? Because you're right. Is this because of they CBD? <laughs> they beat the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, the. Wait, I'm missing somebody in there. The Jazz. Jazz. They're all the best teams in the league. And the Lake, the quasi-Lakers. We're not giving them Yeah, that, that one's <laughs> that's, a bit It's not a... even close. But I'm saying they've beaten a whole bunch of the best teams in the league and beaten them pretty handily. And you come out of it going like, I still think they suck. Yeah. And how does that even line up? Because you lose the Blazers twice in a row. And you lose to like a bunch of teams that you feel like you could easily beat. 
More than the losses, it's the boneheaded mistakes leading to the losses. And the horrendous defense. Obviously, any team in the NBA can put up 130 any night and have mm. the greatest shooting night of their lives. Everyone's doing it against this defense. Everyone. Everyone. So there's an awful lot that goes into this team that we don't know the answers to that I thought we were going to have more answers when we decided to record on Thursday mm-hmm. night. <laughs> and instead, yeah, we're like, let's wait for all this content. Like, uh, instead, they just were like, ah, screw that podcast. We're going to wait until the summer to make any decisions regarding Lonzo. So we don't have much on Lonzo. We don't have really much on the Pelicans changing much as they go into the last seven weeks of their season. But we do have a new fullback on the Saints. Now you're speaking my language. New fullback? New fullback, everybody. So the Saints are playing Jameis Winston at quarterback. Whatever. Okay. That's we not know what we're here for. That's we're old here. news. We're here because Alex Arma has signed to play fullback. Enemy of your people? <laughs> In the lineage of Mike Carney and Terrell <laughs> Smith and Heath Evans. Here comes Whoa. Alex Arma. He's coming from Carolina. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> He'll play like nine snaps a game. I mean, you know, we saw Zach Line. <laughs> we saw him every now and then. They play what? They nine or ten snaps a game. Is the fullback even in the NFL? <laughs> no. Is that a position? No. Dude, what are you on? You play with Rudy. Your fullback. <laughs> Your Notre Dame. No, it's good. Welcome to the team, Alex. <laughs> I mean, enjoy living in a city where you can go anywhere and people are going to go, that's a big guy. I bet he plays for the Saints. You're not gonna, <laughs> it's more, he's in shape. I yeah. bet he plays for the Saints. You're going to get like the acclaim of being an athlete, but no one's going to be like, I got to get an autograph. No, they don't know which state you are. They're just like, oh. This guy looks like he works out. He obviously must play professional yeah, sports. Yeah, dude. Go to Eiffel. I don't know if that's still <laughs> open. Go go out, man. You can have the time of your life here. And we'll see you on the field a few times. Yeah, you'll be the best-looking person in New Orleans. Congratulations. Run it in. Jameis will hand the ball off <laughs> with those big crab-leg-like fingers. Oh, God. Jameis Winston is going to probably be the starting quarterback of this team. Is he going to hang out with James Johnson? Those two. Uh-oh. Bloodsport and Crab Legs. That's a great Van Damme movie. Black Hammer. I'm tired of every time I turn on the Saints news, it's, up oh, another great player's gone. Yeah. Children, yeah. Children Rankins. The Big Wiggle. He's got the icy hot shake down. That's what I always call it. I loved that. The that, little icy, the, the, the wiggle Shaquille O'Neal so wiggle. Yeah. He was really good. Two seasons ago, I don't think he ever came back from that injury. He had he got injured in the NFC Championship game, if I recall, and I don't. He was never quite the same guy. I think. No, and now he's going to the Jets. He sure, he'll be great. Maybe all those rumors about JJ got confounded. Everybody was like, "Oh, JJ wants to go to the Northeast." It was actually Sheldon Rankins. Yeah, that would make sense, I suppose. I, J, I think he wanted out. I think he was like done with the Saints a little bit. Yeah. Like he wasn't going to get paid. He had obviously peaked. He wasn't going to be. He was a first round pick, if I recall, and he had some good years. I just don't like the way this team is going to be. He still felt like you know the the trifecta of, of the defense. I thought. Yeah, we well, had Onyemata and yeah. him and Cam Jordan had all been there for a while, but 
goodbye, Sheldon. I mean, I don't think we're going to really. We'll never see you again. <laughs> I don't think anybody really cares about a defensive tackle no, leaving. No, probably right? not. But he did the dance. He did the dance. I like Sheldon Rankins, but you know who's coming back. P.J. Williams. How long has he been on the Saints? Uh, as long as Josh Hill was. Oh, my God. Decades. <laughs> How many times? In the middle of a the season, they go, oh, well, somebody got hurt. Oh, here comes P.J. Williams. And everyone's like, oh, they're going to throw the ball at P.J. right now. And then, like, seven straight passes of just, like, Matt Ryan throwing right over P.J. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, I think they know the game plan. This dude has job security. Somehow. Does any other team in the league not want? I feel like he signs a one-year deal every single year, and every single year he comes back to the Saints. I just want to get Eli Apple back. <laughs> That would be some Saint shit, yeah, right? Yeah, he was de- <laughs> like all the. There's always been the second corner, except for Janoris Jenkins. It was a very brief time he was here. He's on the. He uh, signed with the Titans today. Yeah, so uh, you know he was good, but other than that, you know, with the exception of like the Super Bowl years with Jabari Greer and Tracy Porter, outside of that, there's always been one corner who's far weaker than the other. Yeah, uh, and then there's PJ who they tried so desperately to keep off the field. They tried to move him to safety at some point, and he is back. And I don't quite understand how he continues to get jobs only with the Saints. If you're going to be signing one-year contracts, don't you think one time some other team would be like, yeah, we'll take you this year. Yeah, like a Fitzpatrick kind of deal. Just anything. And it's like, no, I'm going to keep coming back here and torturing these poor people because I'm <laughs> the fifth best DB on this team every single year. Yeah, he's on the he's on the lease system with the Saints. We got to get him on a month to month. I think is really <laughs> what happened. We'll pay we'll pay him a little more, but it's month to month. <laughs> We're going to pay you game to game. <laughs> That game where you give up 200 yards to Julio Jones, we're gonna you can leave after that. We'll bring you back in October. Uh, I mean, that's just where the Saints are right now, and and it's all these moves are on the margins. I think the Sheldon Rankins one would have been a bigger deal earlier, uh, but Jameis Winston held his first press conference. Yeah, the quarterback, probably the starting quarterback of your New Orleans Saints, and guess what, Polk? What he won the press conference. How did he win it? Because uh, he's. So charismatic. Is and, that the new, a, and the Saints media is so bad. Oh, this is a media term where, like, he was charming. Oh, yes. And they say that he, you know, dabbed oh. on the haters. Yes. And he said all these nice things about Drew Brees and what Drew Brees meant to him and how he's mature and how his LASIK apparently has let him see the field better. And uh, that's what LASIK does, man. <laughs> I'm on board with the Jameis can see now train. This man has been cured. He was so bad. Who had a touchdown and, in, in against Tampa Bay? That's true. Who he, had one? He did throw a <laughs> touchdown pass. He was so bad in Tampa uh, with regards to seeing the field as far as seeing the right color jersey to throw the oh, ball to. Man. That now he has this one press conference. And he's still Jameis Winston. He's always been charismatic. I mean, he ate the W. We hard knocks. Guy. He was yeah. he was very oh, yeah. charismatic on hard knocks. And it looks like he's won over a lot of the Saints press corps. They're except, very except one. <laughs> Who's that? Except one balding, <laughs> short. That's not me. Not in the Saints press corps. <laughs> That's why I get to stand in the back and, uh, you know, throw oranges uh, at all the press corps because I am not a member of that. I've never been in a Saints press conference. I'll get you in. I don't think he's going to be good. 
I just don't see how he's going to be good. He's not good. How could you say that? He's not a good quarterback. Let, okay, let's break it down. He, he had bad eyesight. He had to get LASIK for it. <laughs> Why was he throwing to the other team? Okay, Tampa's jerseys are like four different colors. <laughs> you got orange. So, yeah, he threw to Cincinnati. And he threw to the Browns. They have orange in their uniform. That's red. <laughs> Fucking 20 teams have red. Cardinals. Niners. Uh, that Garnett kind of looks like uh, the Garnet looks like uh, the black and gold of the Saints. right? Yeah. I, he just th- this is a problem of circumstances. <laughs> Every team kind of looks like they're wearing a Bucks uniform because they have, you know, 20 different uniforms, 20 different colors. And Jameis can't see. Also, they play outside. The sun's in his eyes. He's tall. He's going to be in a (laughs) dome now. His eyes are fixed. This dude is throwing for 5,000 yards next next season. He already did that. He just also threw, like, 15 pick sixes. Oh. (laughs) He's... It's incredible to me the Saints are putting their season where they brought back a lot of core pieces of a pretty good team. And they're like, yeah, we'll just do it with Jameis Winston this time. Maybe they know something we don't know. I don't think they know anything we don't know. I think they're just guessing. I think they're just guessing and they don't want to go spend a bunch of money on a quarterback because they don't have it. Are we not just guessing? Shit. (laughs) I thought I was. Supposed to be researching. I just can't understand why there's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be good. He was a starting quarterback for a long time. I'll I'll tell you why. Because the touchdown numbers, you can ignore the interceptions. Peyton Manning had some similar years with touchdowns and interceptions. LASIK, athletic, well, maybe not athletic, size, size, very big. He's huge. He is tall. Great arm. He's very big arm. And he won the press conference. conference. (laughs) So that might be enough. He said Drew Brees means the world to him. I mean, sillier people have thrown the ball in the NFL. That's a valid point. (laughs) That's a valid point. (laughs) You know, who... who, Taysom Hill is the other person we've been talking about here. And I've got a lot more to say about Taysom. At least Jameis has potential to be a star quarterback. I think I sincerely think that. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of uh, very interesting conversations about Jameis Winston coming up in the you, next, uh, you know, few months. You you cannot argue that this won't be an entertaining season. It is going to be a lot more entertaining. It is not going to have the urgency and the like. World is falling every single day, dude. This is going to be have a barbecue, put the game on, and look at it when you go inside and go, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> This is going to be that team this season. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Uh, So that's the Pelicans. That's the Saints. It's been an eventful week. Uh, A whole lot has been going on. Uh, We'll step out. We'll talk. Polk News, overrated, underrated. We're going to lighten this bitch up a little bit uh, because it has been a heavy week. So let's lighten it up, and we will get back to you right after this on Polk and Kush. This segment is sponsored by... Who? J-A-N... S-E-N... That's Jansen! Patagna. Realtor to the stars, Jansen Patagna. Oh, man. You know him. You love him. He's got all the best homes and gardens in the world, or at least in the greater New Orleans area. This man is a house-selling machine. Yes. 
He's uh, like if Rambo sold homes. Yeah. And the homes were bullets. I don't know. That didn't work. We uh <laughs> we've worked with Jansen for a little while now. He's been very good to us and we've been good to him. Yes. Cuz Jansen <laughs> is selling every damn thing in the land. Yeah. And if you are interested in another one of his most beautiful properties, go check it out Saturday, noon to 2, 2415 Palmer Avenue. That is right there in between Claiborne and St. Charles on Ooh, Palmer. Very nice. Walk to Tulane. Walk to the streetcar tracks. A beautiful, beautiful place to be. It is three bed, two bath. Uh, once again, 2415 Palmer Avenue. You're going to want to go check that out and oh check my. out Mr. Jansen Batagna. Goodness. Jansen's over at French Quarter Realty, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R dot com. That stands for French Quarter Realty. <laughs> That's a sponsor. Jansen. Hulk News! Hulk News! That's going to take us into a rapid-fire edition of Polk News. I mean, I guess the biggest sporting news right now is March Madness, which legally I can't say. <laughs> or you can't say Final Four. You can't say anything. Yeah, like bar. You can't. If you're a bar, you can't say, like, come watch. You have to, you know, be like, come watch basketball. <laughs> You can't even say college basketball, no. right? It's like, yeah, you know, just it's uh, the most heavily licensed event in the world. Yeah, it's besides wild. Super Bowl, aka the big game. Yeah, the you can't say big dance tournament is a little iffy. That's ridiculous. Can you not say brackets? Brackets are a gray area. <laughs> How many lawyers have you talked to about this? Like eight lawyers. <laughs> I don't know. LSU got knocked out by Michigan, a game they probably could have won, and yeah. Michigan was uh, didn't even have a couple people on it. But yeah. basketball's for gambling now. Mm-hmm. It's not for watching. Yeah. I like to lose gambling on basketball just as much as I like to lose gambling on anything else. I don't know what the score is, but Louisiana Tech could be winning a game right now against Western Kentucky. The, the NIT? Yeah. Go dogs. We'll see. Um... Can you believe Kevin Durant was on Twitter being an <laughs> asshole? Can you believe that? Is there a bigger team of fucking babies than the 72-win Warriors? It's crazy, the, the drama that's How online is everyone on this team? They're such babies. And when someone just says something like, yeah, I don't think you guys are the greatest, or yeah. like, yeah, I enjoyed this better, they flip out. Little children. Steve Kerr. Uh, all he said was that it was more fun to coach the the Warriors the year they were not as good because there was no pressure. Of course, there's a ton of pressure when you have five All-Stars and you win 72 teams, then you lose in the finals. Uh, he it was misquoted, and Kevin Durant, you know, tweets with the fucking eye emojis and is like, oh, bleh, to yeah. Steve Kerr. I can't imagine that last year seemed miserable to coach those guys. Yeah. Apparently, Dur- uh, Draymond and Durant were all at each other the whole time. It was obvious Durant was going to leave, and they lost in the championship anyway. Yeah, because because uh, two season-ending injuries in the finals. Yeah, so it's just like I mean, of course that was it. Could not have been fun to coach. I mean, it's just like find a find something to actually have beef with somebody over. Like Steve Kerr is 
maybe the most likable personality <laughs> in basketball. And he speaks very openly and honestly about his team and his beliefs and his players and how much he cares for them. And yeah. clearly that's been shown on the court. And then he's just got all these divas bitching at him. Like, I'd, I don't envy Steve Kerr's position, but I, I do respect him. Uh, speaking of respecting uh, bad NBA players... <laughs> Uh, did you see this on TikTok? A high school child challenged Brian Scalabrini to one-on-one. No, I did not see that. Um, TikTok is for the youth. Yes, Scott, yes. I'm on there. You're so cool. Me and Fletch, we're both on there <laughs> picking up chicks. I'm watching the dance moves. I'm doing the floss dance or whatever. No, the just some kid was at a gym. And, you know, kids just film themselves constantly. Brian Scalabrini, a grown man, is there working out. <laughs> and these kids are like, fuck you, you suck. <laughs> old balls. <laughs> you old redheaded bitch. <laughs> so they bet, like, the Nikes or whatever that they were wearing. They bet the shoes that they were wearing that they could beat Scalabrini one-on-one. This is probably like his, I don't know, he looked like 6'2", 6'3". He looked like an actual Dude, athlete. Scalabrini's no, like, the oh, kid, oh, the kid, yeah. The high school like, Scal's kid. Scal's like 6'10", yeah. Yeah, and they were talking all this shit, and Scalabrini just opens up. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. All of these videos, you don't realize the level of difference... Uh, now's a very good example. If you watch March Madness, somebody shoots to three, and it's like, I don't think that's going to make it to the rim. <laughs> you don't realize how good yeah. the worst player in the NBA is. The like, skill level is insane. These guys don't miss. Brian Scalabrini doesn't miss. Yeah, When he, they're like in a practice gym or something like that. Oh, like my any God. Any mediocre shooter in the NBA you're is You're Planet Fitness. You're, you know, you're, you're clay. <laughs> Scalabrini just demolished this kid. It was great. As you know, that's awesome. As an old has been myself. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that's how that shifts how you which guy you relate to in that. Oh you yeah. <laughs> and then the high school kid, you know, got in his Lamborghini and drove home. Yeah, with the cheerleader. Insta model, yeah. <laughs> Instagram model girlfriend. That was fun. Um, some good news: only one player has tested positive for coronavirus in the NBA since March seventeenth. That's good. That's not that long, actually. Yeah, it's like a week. week. Yeah. That's about New Orleans numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Everything's still closed. Uh, I like the headline the other day saying that the Lakers were getting the vaccine. It's like four other teams have gotten the vaccine. Yeah. Nobody matters but the Lakers. Sindarius Thornwell, he, you know, said he was overweight <laughs> or whatever, so you could get it. The BMI. God, we could have done a whole episode last season if Zion's <laughs> BMI was used to get the vaccine. You would have... It would have been Christmas for you. Yeah, I'd have had a lot of fun with that. I've, I've grown. I've matured since the days of uh, calling Zion overweight. Yeah. You know, I think we've grown as people. And if we can just learn from our mistakes and move forward. As a society. As a society. And we learn every day. <laughs> Children of the future. Why don't we get into some segments, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen. Segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. This is, of course, overrated and underrated. We take you through this one every single week. Uh, We'll start with overrated. Polk, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Why don't you go first? I was just jabbering for a while. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with sports on mine. All right. Uh, The Regional Sports Network. So for those of you fogies who still have cable... Uh, or those of you who have to use a streaming service in order to get 
a regional sports network. This would be like a Fox Sports New Orleans, mm. a Cox Sports Television, uh, one of those types of deals. We used to be Fox Sports Southwest. I believe that still exists somewhere. Probably These channels stink. Outwardly stink. They're owned by a bunch of idiots, and they show garbage on the screen 22 hours a day. And they're only there to exist for the handful of teams that they showed the games on. So, like, the Pelicans are on Fox Sports New Orleans. When the Pelicans aren't <laughs> playing on Fox Sports New Orleans, it's like the LHSAA Swimming Championships from three years ago is just <laughs> on repeat. I don't know how many times they can show, like, the Division One a volleyball game. It is unbelievable. There's two regional sports channels in this city and neither of them show anything interesting all day, every day, unless there is a Pelicans game. And even that is bordering on the words of interesting. It is how hard would it be to put two, you know, somewhat overweight, balding white men into a <laughs> studio and have those people argue for an hour in front of their television cameras every single day? Would that be difficult? I mean, there's nothing but people looking to make content in the world at this point. You could literally true. just show Instagram feeds all day. There's a thousand ways to get things on your television air, and they do nothing. Not the minimal effort, like below the minimal effort. It's like nobody wakes up in the morning. They don't just go into work and just like light a cigarette and sit at the control room. It's like no one's there. This is for years. This isn't like the last six months it's gotten bad. Nothing's been on CST for a decade. They haven't had a single thing that's worth showing on that channel for a full decade. And yet it still exists. And it's on your like you go to your parents house. and It's like, oh, look. or you go to the bar and you're like, look, this channel's still here. How is this channel still in existence? And there's two of them and they're both completely worthless. Are you telling me you don't like turning on CST and watching Sandcastle building? <laughs> <laughs> or like some guy fixing a car. <laughs> Oh, the Johnson rod was broken. Yeah, I didn't know they showed bumper bowling <laughs> on TV. It would be fine if they even showed that. They literally just show like repeats. You got to go one way or the games. other. You got to go like wacky sports like yeah. bumper bowling, polo, Australian football. Yeah, something. Australians probably don't think that's wacky. <laughs> <laughs> just something indoor paddleboat racing. I feel yeah. like it's always like Grand Prix F one shit, which no one in America gives a fuck about. <laughs> well, the F one they would, but instead it's like you know Series D, whatever yeah. it is. You know, it's, I I just you've got these channels. They're sitting there. They're on all day. Why can't you put something of interest to someone local on it? I ever? don't know. Just. Click over to that Pluto 24-hour <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries channel instead. Literally, Pluto TV has a channel dedicated exclusively to American Gladiators, and it is a hundred <laughs> times better than either of those regional sports networks. They could just buy the rights to American Gladiators and just run that all day. They should just have every New Orleans podcast do an hour a day live on sure. CST or Fox Sports. We would do it for $50. The, the FCC f uh, penalties would be well over that. I just, like, it doesn't even take creativity. It literally is just like, go on Instagram. Find someone who wants to. You could just show. Like, I think on CST now, they actually show, like, a couple radio shows, which that's probably the best thing you could possibly I do. I think T-Bob might be on I there. think T-Bob show, and I think Matt Moscona. I yeah. like both of them. 
But the rest of the day is just complete garbage. Garbage. Say, say, uh, Fox Sports New Orleans, I've never seen anything remotely interesting on there that's not a Pelicans game. My experience in televised entertainment and specifically with production issues like what you're talking about is that there is always a very rich person in charge of all of it yeah. who doesn't give a <laughs> fuck at all. These people are, you know, in their 60s. They don't watch the channel. They don't care about content. They don't care about growing because they are dying yes. and they have enough money. Yeah. They don't care about the creative influence. They don't care about nurturing anything. Uh, and it, especially in Louisiana, it's all old money. So I would imagine that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. And my last point with this overrated is the Sinclair stations or all the Fox sports is, uh, are not. They, they wouldn't get carriage rights to YouTube TV and like yeah. all the streaming services. So they're saying all these teams that are on it, like the Pelicans, they estimate that they've lost a third uh, to a quarter of their viewership. All these teams have because they won't sign on to, you know, the stuff that everyone pays for to get the games legally. Oh, so instead, sure. they poke it and yep. they just get it out of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching the Saudi Arabian feed. Yeah, I just have the ISIS news feed going where they're showing Jackson A's clips. <laughs> but I got the VPN on, so That's they think I'm in Shreveport. <laughs> exactly. So I think you're. I think you're safe. All right. As that was a, a screed. Uh, what what you got there, Polk? Uh, uh, quite the contrast. Overrated fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> Sizzling. I like a fajita. Sizzling fajita. I can't get behind you on this. Fajita. It's the self checkout of food. <laughs> You're doing all the work. They don't even, it's not even cooked when it comes out to you. That's why the plate's sizzling. It's still cooking your fucking food. I like they give you the tongs. Tongs? Yeah, yeah I guess so. I usually go to places where they, it's just a fork. <laughs> make you scrape it off. I'd, it's just a spectacle. I feel like people that get fajitas have, have nothing going for them. They're like, this is it. This is my chance. I'm going to be somebody. And then, you know, that waiter wearing the top hat comes out with the sparklers because it's your birthday. Of course. Why You're getting you? fajitas on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's your birthday. Then they have to sing the song to you while your food literally sizzles in front of you. And they, the best part of that, you have to put it together. It's like you people bitch about like the ATM and how there's not somebody at the bank giving them money anymore, how they have to bag their own groceries. You're making your own food. You're making your own shitty. It's not even a burrito because the tortillas they give you are like four inches diameter. <laughs> and then they give you three of them and they're in that little shitty aluminum foil. Like you're buying cocaine from them and they give you three tortillas and a pile of meat like Fred Flintstone. You're like, well, I'm going to need more tortillas. And then your waiter quits. After they, they're like, I just gave this fat fucking idiot fajitas. I'm going home. So you never get it. You get the three shitty like oyster cracker size fajitas. And then you put your greasy slop in it. And you bring it up to your bloated gullet. And it falls out because you have one fajita and it sucks. I just don't think there's so many dishes. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of dishes. It takes up a ton of table space. It's so dangerous. The plate's on fire. Sometimes they put the little <laughs> knitted condom on the handle. Sometimes they don't. And they're just like, up, oh, don't. It's the flames are shooting off of it, and some 18 year old pillhead from Marrero is like, don't touch it. It's hot. It's like, yeah, I fucking know. I know it's hot. I have a tan now. 
It's like when you ever go to Superior Grill, which Superior Grill, you know, pre-COVID at least, you, I don't think you were allowed to eat there with less than 11 other people. Yeah. Like, that was the only... That you were, it was like a 12-person minimum to get a table uh, on a weekend night at Superior Grill. And, of course... At least a handful of people are going to order fajitas. And you're at this table and you're all shoved together and everyone's drinking a thousand margaritas like the world's going to end. And then they start bringing out these fajitas and the table space is just gone. Like your, t- your plate ends up being like vertical. You're like, <laughs> I'm eating this taco just like on top of the side of the plate because everybody with fajitas has 11 plates in front of them because, you know, you need your own plate for rice. And uh, yeah. So in that regard, I'll say fajitas are overrated. But overall, I think fajitas are. Del- are you a chicken, a steak? A shrimp or a combo? I'd probably go chicken and steak. Okay. Yeah. And you do both? Do you ever do single meat? Not really. I've never done single meat. Uh, you know what? I do the steak sometimes at, at, you know, but that's only on big occasions. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> go on. <laughs> this is why we don't have guests on the podcast. <laughs> I know. It's like nobody wants to hear your bullshit, and all I want to do is talk about myself the whole time. Um. That'll take us to underrated. Yep. Underrated for me. Historically set movies. All right. I have learned more history from Tom Hanks than I learned from anyone else in the world. The Tom Hanks movies have been about so many different historical settings at this point that I actually think I have a fairly good grasp on what's occurred in the world even though I really don't know anything. But now I know tons of stuff about World War II and the Prohibition era and Forrest Gump, whatever he Who invented the smiley face T-shirt? <laughs> yes. And the shit happened shirt. <laughs> yes. I know all these things. Like, Tom Hanks has been, what, six World War II movies at this point? Like, he's been in a lot of them. Uh, they're all good. And then the other day I watched uh, Argo. And I was like, I know everything about the Iranian hostage crisis. Now, if a question came on Jeopardy about the Iranian hostage crisis, I'd probably get it right because I watched Argo. So let's stop having movies set in fantasy worlds where there's fake things that have happened. The history of the world is very interesting. There's lots of things that have occurred, and we have proven that we can make very interesting stories. We take some liberties. I'm sure there's some liberties. Argo, everything happened simultaneously in Argo. They were, at the same time, they were putting the picture together. They were checking the the verified phone call while at the same time the guy was buying the plane tickets. It was like a hundred things and like it all happened to happen within like five seconds of each other. I don't think it's probably what happened in real life, but it did make it a a lot of suspense. And now I'm watching some movie about the death penalty with Michael B. Jordan. I'm learning a lot. And what I've learned is that we don't need comic book heroes. We just need historically set movies so that I can sit at a table with someone who's a hundred times smarter than me and you'd be like, Oh yeah, the Iranian hostage crisis. I remember that. <laughs> I remember reading about that in a book that wasn't a movie. Ben Affleck. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think we should have more of them. And I think Tom Hanks needs to be in a handful of more world war movies. Maybe one, I don't know much about world war one. I. I think we should do, he should do one of those. 1917 was a very good world war one movie. I think I should check that out. Well, did you ever see the one where they like, I think it was Peter Jackson. They found like world war one footage and they like colorized it. Yeah. I didn't see that cause it looked really boring. Yeah. It was like uh, the men, it was something about like the men won't come home. Or yeah. The boy, I, yeah. I, I saw it. Yeah. It doesn't sound like I did. But. <laughs> it just didn't seem like there was much of a narrative yeah. arc there. <laughs> I was like, I can't get behind that. 
But otherwise, yeah, give me some historically set movies. I mean, everything I know about the Revolutionary Wars from that Mel Gibson movie. So an Australian guy came here and he killed all the British people. Yeah, that seems right, right? I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that, that one, I think, took the most liberties. Yeah, him and Danny Glover. <laughs> Just made up some guy. And they're like, this is the guy who won the Revolutionary Wars. Like, oh, that's not what happened at all. Yeah, I uh, no, I agree with you. I'm specifically against superhero movies. Uh, like last week, a, a new a new remake of the Justice League movie came out. Mm-hmm. It was a new director's cut, and it was four hours long. I'm sure it was like the most watched movie of the year, too, right? Just like there are people, millions of people. I know I'm in the minority here. There are billions of people who watched a four-hour movie with Aquaman, <laughs> and they all told you how to vote. <laughs> there are people that watched The Flash for four hours yeah. with mortgages, <laughs> and they tell you how to live your their, how to live your fucking life. They tell me don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> okay. Oh, I won't be able to run as fast as the Flash. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Professor. It's just like those are for those movies are for kids, and they should be marketed as that. Yeah, they're not. They're like that's mainstream. American that's all culture. the movies now. Yeah. You remember in the nineties when superhero movies were. They were just as bad as they are now, but people were smarter then. Like the Invisible Man. <laughs> Meteor Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spawn Suck. The, Fanta- the Phantom or Phantom. whatever with Billy yeah. Zane. Yeah, there were a lot of bad... Spider-Man was in the... Was that 90s? Toby Maguire Spider-Man? I think Spider-Man? it was 2001, because I'm pretty sure they had to edit out the towers out of some of... Ah. Yeah. Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I haven't watched any of those movies except for Batman. But I think I've said that like a thousand times in here. All uh, right. Pope, my underrated dressing like shit. Underrated. Underrated dressing yeah. like shit. Yeah, I'm in. I think it uh, y- dressing nice is a young man's game. <laughs> There's a lot of young man's games. <laughs> <laughs> I th- when you become a superstar of the podcast world, mm-hmm. when you're a comedian opening up for the biggest names in comedy... <laughs> Your personality's all you need, baby. Definitely. <laughs> now, a bodysuit. I've just been wearing whatever I want lately because I don't care. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm just like wearing sweatpants to the bar. I'm wearing pajamas. I've worn pajamas to work in the last two weeks. I don't give a fuck. And what you find out is no one else cares either. <laughs> they never cared what you look no like. No one is like, oh, Andrew's not as hot today. You know, No one gives a fuck, man. No one thought you were professional to begin with. This is cr- People shit on Crocs. I bet Crocs is like the number three <laughs> best-selling shoe. I'm, I'm two weeks away from getting Crocs. I don't care. Uh, just a, a big moo-moo and some Crocs. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna, head out the door. I'm going to start dressing like Mama from Mama's Family. <laughs> The curlers. <laughs> I don't care. And I I feel like a weight has been relieved because I was very, very like, you know, nice shoes, nice belt, all the shit in college. Yeah. Put shit in my hair. I don't I don't care anymore. Yeah. Well, as long as you have a Polk and Kush hat and a Polk and Kush T-shirt. Uh, and everyone, you are Polk or Kush. <laughs> everyone will immediately respect you no matter what. 
That's all I got. Yeah, that's I, uh, I. I'm with it. Dressing terribly is great fun. I've never had a job that I could not wear shorts for. So it's nice. really it's, it's always been. I've had a, <laughs> all, nothing but desk jobs and office jobs, and for whatever reason, I've always found places that only have allowed uh, no dress code. So. Fantastic. It's been great. Uh, all right. So that takes us in to my favorite part of every single week on this. Here. The, the worst. worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. I think we have some doozies this week. Uh, Florida mom. Oh, there we go. Bad start. Good start. <laughs> this is from ABC, a reputable news source. Florida mom shows up to daughter's school wearing boxing glove. Fights child, gets arrested. <laughs> I would like to point out that glove is not plural. It is a singular boxing glove. <laughs> they couldn't find the other one? Edith Riddle, 34, arrived at school wearing a boxing glove, telling school officials it was super glued to her wrist and she couldn't remove it. <laughs> A Jacksonville mother has been charged with child abuse after a fight with another student on the campus of a middle school in Jacksonville. Duval! <laughs> a school safety officer, P.J. William, heard a teacher's frantic announcement over the school radio that there was a fight occurring outside the cafeteria. There's no way that was not said, like, jovially yes. over... Florida schools announce fistfights over the radio and don't expect everyone to go wild. <laughs> Have you ever heard a school announcement that wasn't just like, blah, 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 you know, go to the gym. There's a meeting. And you only heard is... school announcements on TV, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck a school announcement is. <laughs> You're picturing the salute your shorts. Uh... <laughs> I don't think it was something cool like, hey, Rachel and Brittany are fighting in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was happening. That's totally true. Uh, she had been involved in a fight with the girl wearing one boxing glove that was glued on her hand. Um, the victim suffered abrasions to her knees and forearms, and the girl's parents arrived at the school and told police they were pursuing criminal charges. There was a photo of this woman. If she is 34, then I am 19. <laughs> she, this bitch oh, looks like God. Brainiac. Yeah. <laughs> She's had a rough 34 years. My goodness. <laughs> That's so funny to have one yeah. glove glued on. How does that happen? I don't know. Well, I guess you get the one glove on, you glue it on, and you're like, ah, oh, crap, I needed that hand to put on the other glove. <laughs> I guess can't super glue the other. What on God's name is going on there? Maybe there's some kind of stipulation in Florida law where if the weapon is glued to your hand, it doesn't count as assault. It's like, look, it's glued to my yeah, hand. What it's am part I gonna... of who I am. This is my identity. I, I identify as a, hand, a, a glove person. Dude, this is wild. Anyway, she's going to jail forever. Well, that's fun. That is a great story. Man. Oh, my God. I, at least she loves her kids. <laughs> Or she's probably like, Kendra, you stole my pills. And then like fought her with one glove on. That reminds me of like a Street Fighter character or something. Like yes. one glove man. <laughs> Blanca. Chun-Li. One glove man. <laughs> M. Bison. Hmm, who am I going to pick? <laughs> Dude, this lady's having a bad day. Uh, that will take me into my worst of the week. I was tempted to go local. Because uh, there's some doozy headlines like Jefferson Parish Finance Authority Chair Booked with DUI Found asleep in his car on Mary Road 
That's not a DUI if you're asleep. <laughs> just great. Which <laughs> is like incredible. It's like, yeah, I was shit-faced and I fell asleep in the car on the busiest street in the parish of which I am the finance authority. <laughs> it's like you're not like in front of your house. You're like in the middle of the, like Meadow Roads, I don't even know if it has like shoulders to pull over to. <laughs> like, he just put his flashers yeah, on at least. It was like a red light. Was like the train came by and he <laughs> fell asleep and like everyone's going around him. Uh, and then there was also a uh, safe zones are coming to New Orleans police station. I don't know what that means, but it's like maybe instead of just the police stations, let's try to make the safe zones the whole city. <laughs> maybe we should try that. Uh, but, you know, I'm not an expert when it comes to <laughs> safe zones are for people to sell shit to one another, like off Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. Oh, OK. So when you sold your, you know wardrobe you had to go to the police station to do it is that what you're saying well they're just saying that like if you go you know it's new orleans if you go to somewhere and somebody's like hey i'm selling a playstation 5 for 20 dollars," and then they just rob you oh yeah that, that like happens sense. a lot because that was so the guy with the dirt bike yeah yeah, yeah they're yeah, like yeah, come yeah, to yeah. the police station but i've seen places next to police stations and they don't seem wildly safer so uh no i suppose so that I, I spoke really with a lot of privilege there. Like everyone can say anything about privilege. What I just said was the most of privilege. It was like I haven't ever sold anything on Craigslist in my life, and that's how I literally just, uh, yeah, just revealed that one with a big boneheaded "you're an, you're an asshole" take right there. So I'm going to quickly pivot off of that. I'll edit it out. No, no, we're keeping it. I want you to know. Who I am as a person. I want my kids. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to turn to the New York Post. Good. Because this is a great headline from the New York Post. Internet turns on Jensen Carp. Mm. Quote, manipulative shrimp tail cereal man. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you've been living... Uh, in your privilege zone, and all you do is look at Twitter all day. You don't have to sell anything on Craigslist. Um, Jensen Carp, who's a comedian, he's married to uh, the former Mrs. Topanga Lawrence, Topanga, Topanga Matthews, whatever her name was in the show. Uh, beautiful Topanga. This guy apparently opened up his box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and instead of eating it with while never breaking his eyes to the television like <laughs> most of us do, he decided to actually look down at the food, which is mistake number one. Mm. Uh, mistake number two is that inside of it, he found something that was slightly off color of the usual tan Cinnamon Toast Crunchies, and instead he found some dried shrimp. I don't know how the shrimp got in there. It's not a, I mean, I assume the factory is landlocked. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing was insane. He somehow got into a bunch of internet fights about it. He's had a big fight with General Mills for them putting shrimp in his own cereal. Anyway, uh, now that he's gotten himself all internet famous, people are coming after Jensen Carp, not to be confused yeah. <laughs> with the greatest realtor in the history of the world, okay? So the New York Post says the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Shrimp Saga has taken a not-so-sweet turn. Uh, Somebody got paid to write that headline. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Uh, Carp41 is now being accused of lying, stealing a podcast concept, I mean, who hasn't, and shaming a former sex partner, among other allegations. Carp did not respond to the post request for comments. 
He quote he tweeted, ha 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 ha. My quickly deleted subtweet yesterday said, oh no, I can't follow the latest viral saga because I was blocked in 2014 because I was not gracious enough after a surprise threesome, but not before I was told, be careful, I would never work in this town again. Stephanie Minkus tweeted yeah, on Wednesday. I know her. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. How is this on brand? It's on I'm not gonna say anything. There was a Minkus in Boymaid's World, which makes this funnier. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of women who DM me with stories today, let alone the ones I have known about for years and talked about our shared experiences. Oh Lord. So all this guy did was get himself shrimp in his cinnamon toast crunch yep. put it on the internet and now he's being called an asshole the bottom line is just stay off the internet yeah this is kind of uh some of those people that you mentioned they are entertainment adjacent as well and the fact that uh somebody going viral is the time that you come out and go actually he was mean to me once is kind of like all right i i kind of get what you're doing this is a great one. A painter, Brandon Bird, tweeted. <laughs> Are people painters? <laughs> painter, Brandon Bird, said, Just FYI, the Shrimp Tales guy is both a marketing professional and someone who lied to my face without flinching. So? Your painting was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll get one. Next showing, I'll buy one. I mean, what? And God, he's uh, he's nice to you because you're famous. I mean, come on. What, what do these people want? They're trying to tweet this guy out of a window over Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's what they're doing. It's on. The guy went viral for like a PSA. That also, I like shrimp in there. Even if it is a joke, even if it is staged, who gives a fuck? Exactly. <laughs> who cares that this guy is not a nice guy? Cinnamon, I don't care. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is going cha-ching, <laughs> shrimp, big shrimp. They're going cha-ching. We've learned two lessons from this saga. Number one, never look at the bowl when you're yeah. eating cereal. Don't buy Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> in Karen Crow. You have one hand in the remote, one hand in the spoon, and your eyes never leave the television. And you just put it to your mouth. That's it. And the second one is get offline. It does you no good to get online because you've definitely been mean to someone at some point in your life and you're probably richer than someone else and they are going to hate you. And so I would suggest just getting off of line, the line, and uh, being done with it because this story is just incredible. This guy didn't make like a dollar off of this and instead is just has these morons on a podcast just <laughs> calling him a serial man who is a manipulative in the New York Post. And we're reading it. And we're reading it. My God. Brutal. Wrap Everybody, us up. get offline. <laughs> and when you get back online, follow Polk and Kush on Twitter. Send us an email, polkandkush at gmail.com. If you have ideas for the show, ideas for a segment, something you want us to talk about, send us an email. We are currently putting together a merch list. We do not have any hats in stock. If you like a hat, email us. If you'd like something else, let us know. If enough people want something, we will make it for you. We're going to have a live event very, very soon. Um, as always, thank you to Jansen. Thank you to Mike Wiebe, 
All that music you hear in the breaks and at the beginning of the show is from Mike Wiebe, a musician, comedian, producer, director, actor out of Austin, Texas. He is in the bands Riverboat Gamblers and Draculas, and he has a podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three with uh, Zach from the band Rise Against, who you probably know. Um, Thanks so much to you for listening. If you liked it, tell a friend. It honestly goes a very long way. Leave a rating if you haven't yet. Share a tweet. Anything helps, and we truly appreciate it. Uh, Scott Kushner, Andrew Polk, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. See ya!